What's going on, Military Cash Flow family? Hey, today we got a great guest, uh, an, an excellent guest. It was such an awesome episode. But before we talk about that, what's going on with you today, Mike? Nothing much, man. My, my, my blood's pumping because it's Halloween weekend and we just had a good episode. I'm pumped. I'm ready to go scare the shit out of people. No, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm not doing much, man. I'm relaxing. I'm not going to do anything for, uh, for, for Halloween. I'm not even giving out candy, man. Just relaxing, watching some TV. And getting ready for next week. I am going to Belize next week. So I'm happy about that. Team trip, our annual team trip is coming up. Um, so yeah, man, besides that, I'm I'm chilling, maxing, relaxing awesome. all cool. Gonna be out there in what Belize. I know the is what the weather's gonna be nice out there, right? It should man, be it like, be, still, it, like it super, better be. That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, better, it better be, man. We get one of these a year. That should yeah. better be nice. Um, but we, even if it's not, I remember we were in, uh, I think we were in Tulum last year and it was raining on us, but I mean, hell, it was still. It's still in raining. a different country. You get to experience some different things, man. Like that's, that's exactly. what it's all about. Excellente. Exactly. And you're bringing the girl along with you this time too? Yep. 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 Awesome. Yep. She'll be along. Excellent. Excellent, man. So you guys will have a, hopefully you guys will sneak off and have a little bit of romantic, you know, little stuff going on there. That should be cool. I mean, as long as ain't no big ass uh, bugs out there, we're going to be good, man. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm going to turn unromantic real quick. I'll be screaming and shit. No, but. uh, I thought you were going to say that for your girl, man. You're like. Nah, just me. (laughs) Let it be something bigger than my hand, bro. I'm I'm pulling out a gun. I'm fighting this thing. So. We'll see. I, I watched too many of those uh, National Geographic uh, uh, TV shows, man, where they sell those like uh, tarantulas that eat parrots. It's like, come what? on, bro. That's just who got damn big. You ain't never seen those, those spiders that they're literally eat birds. But I mean, not just like a not like a dove or a pigeon. Yeah, that's a little. <laughs> yeah, that's a little, that's a little intense. Are those uh, bats in the Philippines that are the size of men? Have you seen those? Uh, bro, no. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. See what I'm saying? So now, like, that's my only thing. I love traveling. I love going to other countries, but you know, I got to do a little research. And if something pops up on me, I'm whipping its ass. I'm just going mm. straight into fight or flight mode, and most likely I'm gonna fight. Mm. So it'll yeah, be fun though, man. Good. What about you, man? <laughs> what you up to? Yeah, as you guys can see, different background. I'm in a hotel, man. I've been traveling like a lot these weekends, but it's been like family and friend events, which I actually, what I, which I absolutely love, right? So. Um, this weekend I'm in Somerville, South Carolina, and I am here to corner, uh, one of my really good friends. And he used to be, if you guys don't know, I used to do, uh, I was a pro MMA fighter at one point in my life. Right. And the guy that coached me, his name is Joey Caballero down in, um, the UFC gym in Orlando, um, in Orlando, Florida. And, uh, he is having a pro jujitsu match, right? So I'm up here and I'm here to, to help him out a little bit, corner him and, uh, I'm just really excited to see these see these uh, fights tonight, man. They got I want to say like at least 20 on the card, man. Like it's gonna it's gonna be some really Damn. really uh, great action packed events, and I'm really excited because I get to bring my kids right, and I get to show them, you know. Um, what it looks like on a professional level. So Joey's a black belt and he's going to get another black belt too. So it should be, it should be a really, really good match. And I'm excited. So hopefully, you know, we're, we're hoping to take the W I'm really, I'm just really, really excited to see it happen. And, um, and yeah, man, so that, that's what I'm doing right now. Uh, I think my wife's with the kids right now at, uh, in a, the aquarium and uh, we're just kind of hanging out. So. I think that's going to be a great experience, man. It's going to be a great experience for the family, but for the kids too. I just kind of see it because, you know, if y'all don't know, these kids are are fighting now, you know, training. Right. And uh, I think this is all, it's always good when you introduce a kid to something at that level, whether it's sports or whatever, football, whatever, and then showing them what it's like on the, on the elite yeah, level too, yeah. you know, so I think that will be awesome. fun for you guys. I'm just hoping they can start to retain a little bit. Cause I brought them to another jujitsu tournament and like, you know, I would, I would have thought they would have paid attention like a lot longer, but their attention spans, like 
five minutes they're like oh that's cool oh look what yeah. he did he took him down daddy and then after that it's like it's like they're done go over here yeah exactly. yeah yeah, yeah. And so but it's all good but today's guest man we talked about family with uh with antoine campbell as well so we, we have antoine campbell uh for this episode um and a great dude he's he is a businessman he's like just a pure businessman through and through um he's ran several businesses right now and he's doing real estate related uh businesses virtual wholesaling and then also virtual um uh va so I, if you guys don't know, I'm I'm doing wholesaling right now, and I'm I've been in it for about a, a week and a half, right? This is wrapping up my first week and a half where we've had our cold caller and we've had um, these deals flowing in. I hired my I used his company to uh, to uh, to get my cold caller. She's doing awesome. Shout out to Anna, um, and then I have another uh, another virtual assistant, Jennifer. Shout out to them as well. Uh, they're doing great things uh, for us and helping us grow. But um, but we got that from Antoine and, 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 and he just, this is a great episode, man. He's, he's just, uh, we talk all about systems. We talk all about mindsets and we talk all about, uh, the family support system and how we can use, um, our military skill set, right. The skills that we have, um, into building our own business, Mike. Mm-hmm. This is going to be one of the most relatable podcasts um, that we've had to date. I think more people are going to resonate with Antoine's story, his mindset, and his progression. It goes from everything from starting working at McDonald's, right? Obviously working with his grandfather before that, but working at McDonald's, but using the knowledge there, believe it or not, to build out systems over time. And one of my best or my favorite parts of this entire uh, interview was when he said he's a business owner first, right? He goes from, he creates businesses as he goes along, and understanding the mindset in order to do that will answer majority of the questions for everybody who's looking to get started in real estate or looking to expand into the next level of real estate. So guys, without further ado, let's get right to it, man. Hey, how's it going? This is Dan Wynn and Mike Glassby. And this is the Military Cash Flow Podcast, where we teach service members how to build wealth and create passive cash flow through real estate. We cover real deals, real numbers, and real lessons learned from other successful investors. Now, whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening on the podcast, we need you to like, share, and subscribe. Now, let's get started creating this military cash flow. What's going on, military cash flow family? Welcome to another show. Antoine. We got Antoine Campbell today, right? Um, Great guy. Hey, Antoine, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate that. Uh, would you mind telling us, our audience, a little bit about yourself, who you are, uh, what, and what you do in the real estate space? Hey, my name is Antoine Campbell. I am a real estate investor. Uh, I mainly do virtual wholesaling up and down the East Coast, um, as well as I own a virtual assistant outsourcing agency. We help thousands of real estate investors across the country, like yourselves, um, scale your business utilizing virtual assistants from the Philippines. I love that, man. I, the, the two key factors that you said, virtual on both of them, virtual wholesaling and the virtual assistant business. That means you're doing this thing from all over or all over the country. But where are you, uh, where are you based out of? And then what states or what regions do you kind of do business in? So I currently live in Maryland. We, we got a few deals going on in San Antonio right now. We do oh. deals in Macon, Georgia. We do deals up and down in Pennsylvania. Uh, and we do a few deals here and there in North Carolina. One of the cool things, right? I mean, when you're virtual, you can pretty much work anywhere, right? Yeah, yeah. So a lot of the clients in our VA business, uh, they like your sales military personnel who's all over the place, but their passion is to still try to get into real estate. 
So we created systems and processes to teach them how to, you know, run their business, even though they're going to do these. So we got clients that's, you know, stationed in uh, Japan on a ship. Uh, we got clients in Germany. We got clients um, some Pakistan, all over the world. So um, you can really do virtual wholesaling if you've got a system and a team with you um, to really do this business virtually. I love it, man. That's going to be really important for all y'all listening in the military who says, ah, I can't do it because I'm, I'm deployed. Ah, I can't do it because I'm moving. That's bullshit. Antoine got a solution, right? So uh, I got to, I got to, I want to back this up a little bit though. So obviously you're in a place now where you were able to build these systems and create these, these companies in a sense, but where did the mindset for that actually start? What kind of influence that uh, through your childhood and, and your adulthood? And shout out to my uh, granddad. He passed away about a year and a half ago. Uh, not because of COVID, but during COVID. Um, I worked with him since I was a little boy, since I was about nine years old. Worked on the back of the pickup truck. He did a lot of renovations for uh, fix and flippers here in the Washington, D.C. region. And um, I used to see these houses look like crack houses. And then like six months later, we go back in there and these houses look like 2022. So it was amazing. And that, that kind of like got to me. And I was one of the kids that stayed up late at night. And I used to watch infomercials and I used to see the dude running down the beach with the six pack talking about, yeah, real estate allowed me to do this. I'm like, yo, yeah. <laughs> I got to I gotta figure out how to do this real estate thing because I know that, you know, everybody made their real money from real estate. So as a child, I worked on the weekends with my granddad, helped him in his uh, remodeling construction business. And he gave me a work ethic. He gave me, he, you know, he, he had a second grade education on uh, his mom and dad uh, kicked him out when he was like 13 years old. He left. He left the family farm down in uh, Wallace, North Carolina, some small town, like 300 people. And uh, he just hit the road and came to the D.C. with a, a, a big, great migration. So a lot of Black Americans, African Americans came from the South to wash up north to the Washington, D.C., Philly uh, region for work. And, um, you know, a lot of our grandparents uh, work hard. They work with their hands. You know what I mean? So that's that's what gave me the work at this that I have today. Love that, man. That's awesome, dude. Shout out to your granddad, man. That's that's great, man. Uh, super influence. So he had a he had a large influence uh, on you and what you saw um, as a child, and that developed into you know the hard work ethic. And what about the systems and and um, I guess putting it all together, right? Was it, did did he influence you in that as well, or was it? No, no. He he was just a straight hard working, roll up your sleeve and work till you die type of man. The systems came in. Uh, I got a job when. In the state of Maryland, uh, you can start working at 15, nine months. So my first job, uh, W-2 job, um, was at McDonald's. And um, it was amazing how McDonald's took these 15-year-old kids and, and were able to create a system that allowed them to replicate everything over and over again with the same consistency. What I mean by that is if you the same McDonald's you go into Orlando, Florida, if you go to the same McDonald's in San Antonio, Texas, the Big Mac is the same way. So I realized that, yo, I like systems. And they put me in the grill. I became like a grill manager. I was responsible for the grill. The next thing you know, they put me on uh, inventory. So I was responsible for the truck and food costs. And I started learning all this stuff. So by the time I turned uh, uh, 18, I graduated Crossland High School 2007. Um, by the time I turned 18, uh, I was still working at McDonald's. I picked up another job of delivering pieces. I was supposed to get in real estate there. I wanted to become a... a a realtor. So in my head, I thought becoming getting real estate, you got to become a realtor. Well, my mother and father went to a terrible divorce. Um, and then, uh, you know, the great crash hit in 2008, 2009. At the time, that's when I graduated. I decided to stay delivering pieces and working at McDonald's. So my friend at the time, Jeremy, gave me a call and said, yo, 
if this hotel hiring, they hire anybody on the spot. Uh, it's it's such a massive hiring that you can't even go down there. You have to pocket the uh, racetrack and, and get settled down on a, a big coach bus. So we hopped on this coach bus. It felt like we were going to a concentration camp the way they had it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, I, I'll be honest with you guys, like, I didn't have confidence in myself at the time. I just said, I just want a job. Like, anything better than McDonald's. So I went down there, and it was this big African dude. Big, I'm talking about, like, buff, big, cut, shredded. He like, hey, how you doing? I'm like, I'm doing good. My name Ba. I said, my name Antoine. Uh, um, you know, you, you want a job? I said, man. He said, what, what you want, want to do? Dude, I said, shit, I wash dishes if you allow me. That's all I care. And he said, well, you're talking to the right person because I'm the dishwasher manager here. And he said, I'm going to give you a job. And uh, he said, I said, how much you going to pay me? He said, $12.40 an hour. And at the time, I was making like eight twenty five. I just thought I hit the mega million. I said, yes. I said, I take the job. I take the job. And uh, from that time, uh, they did the hiring in January, early January. I didn't start uh, to that February on um, February 29th, and the reason why I remember, because February 29th, if you guys don't know, it's a leap year. Mm-hmm. So uh, to me, I thought it was special because it only come around every five years. And, uh, so I started on February 29th, and from the time from January to February, I was still working McDonald's, and the way the management was treating me, and, and they found out how much I was making, I was just like, yo, I'm out of here. And I put in my two weeks, and once I got to the hotel, guys, that's when my life transformed. Because what happened was I always loved business. I always studied business. I, I did so many things as a child, sold candy, washed cars, cut grass, you name it. I did everything to feel like I was going in the direction of business. And then the hotel was my my five-year mastermind. I stayed there for five years and I learned everything. Now, let me tell you the, the thing that I learned about this hotel. I worked in banquets, washed dishes, ran uh, events. So you, and you guys probably in the military, you had to go to some type of event and it was in somebody's hotel for the military ball or something. You did you did that before. So one of the things I learned was a lot of the uh, big companies, Fortune 500 companies, they would have these events at the hotel and everything they was trying to accomplish as a company, they were putting these booklets. And then they would leave all these booklets everywhere. And then I started collecting these booklets from IBM and from uh, um, uh, uh, Cisco and all these different companies. And I just started to read how the systems, everything was surrounded around systems. So then as I started to become a manager, I realized they had systems and they took me to leadership and training. And literally uh, I started my first business um, just off systems, purely systems. So I'm a systems guy first. So before I do anything, I, I try to see, is there a way I can systematize this? Even if I got to do it myself first, and if it's not, I won't do it. So uh, that's where we at. I love that, man, because we, everything from the McDonald's experience, right, seeing the systems that were so, uh, whatever you want to call it, so easy to understand that 15-year-olds can just be mass producing the same mm-hmm. product all the way to saying, hey, the hotel industry has mastered this. And then you, you, you know, you copy those booklets and you mm-hmm. saw those systems there. I think that's extremely important because it's building out systems that are not just for you. A good system is where somebody who's 15 with no knowledge of business can come in and operate. Uh, but I love that that story, man. That's amazing. And that's just that just shows your ability to kind of take advantage of the opportunities that were presented to you, right? You had the right mindset and attack it. So I, I love that piece, man. Yeah, I, w- I want to touch on um, how you were finding the value, right, of where, whatever position you were put in, right? And, and again, we talked about the McDonald's and you're like, hey, man, I, 
I'm noticing these these systems that are happening with the 15 year olds talking about going to the hotel. Hey, I'm noticing these different systems. I'm, I'm noticing these different booklets from other companies that are outlining systems. And now you're, you're, you're looking at that, looking at that value and you're implementing it into your own business, right? I think that's something that's super important, especially as we talk to a lot of service members who may be young, right? Um, and, and a lot of times we don't notice those things. We're not looking around to, uh, I guess, to, to build our future selves, if, if that makes sense. Right. And we're just kind of in the we're just kind of in the thick of things and we're not noticing those little things. So as you're listening to this, if you're if you're a young soldier, regardless of whatever, whatever um, uh, experience level you're at. Right. Um, Just just take note of that. When you when you go to these when you go to these little silly events or you go to these little silly things, those are things that are are happening around you because, uh, you know, you can easily implement those into whatever system or whatever business that you're trying to grow for yourself. I love that. Exactly. Always learning. So tell us, all right, so we got the backstory about you learning systems and you getting your work ethic. Now, what did that transition into real estate look like after spending five years within that hotel industry? So, so yeah, so I spent five years in the hotel um, <clears throat> making great money. They promoted me when I was uh, um, 21. Yeah, I got my promotion at 21. So uh, they promoted me in three years, I think. And I stayed there for an additional two years after that. They promoted me when I was 21. I told you I won't talk about money, but I just give you a little bit. Uh, I was making sixty-four thousand dollars a year in salary, twenty-one years old, and the people, the average person that I was managing was old enough to be my mom or dad. So I literally had to learn how to demand and command respect without being disrespectful, and learn how to strategize to motivate people. How the hell do you motivate people that's double your age and that's making less to you and say, you know, this is you got, you still got to do your job. I realized that a lot of people felt some type of way, like, yo, I've been here all these years and they gave him a promotion, they didn't promote me. And that really tested my skills early in my life. So, uh, you know, once once I once I told my wife that I still want to do real estate, I need to find a way out, um, I had to strategize. So, you know, every year we everybody get their tax returns. If you don't if you're not making over two hundred and fifty dollars, you probably won't get some money back for taxes, right? So I told her, I said, Okay, well, we get ten thousand dollars back this year. Let's let's do something with it. So my dad, he sold tags, he sold paper tags on the side. You know, I don't know how long, uh, you know, you can come back and charge somebody for that, but it's been over 20 years. So I think he's still My dad sold paper tags on the side, and I seen, like, he makes so much great money with it. And then I knew for a fact that um, I didn't want to be in a business that carried a lot of overhead or inventory or something that needed a lot of startup capital. So here in the state of Maryland, um, you can open up what we call a, a – a, a mobile DMV where you can go, you know, to this office and create an office. Customers can come in there and they can get their tags. Um, I'm not sure about your guys' DMV, but our DMV, that's like a, a whole day process. You got to literally take all work to get to the DMV. So so I realized that, yo, I can open this DMV up with this $10,000. So I told my wife, I said, listen, I said, what are we going to do with this $10,000? We're going to go buy a brand new couch set, get by the kids some clothes, and we're going to be broke in two months. Yep. Let's take this ten thousand dollars and throw it all into this business idea, and uh, and let's try to get ahead. Because I knew that they was going to try to fire me because I was so young, and the union uh, they weren't really representing me good. So once they made their move to get rid of me, which they did, and it was okay, I already had my business. Now I'm gonna tell you something. My business wasn't doing as great, but the moment they get got rid of me, I came home. I cried to my wife. I just bought a brand new 2013 Dodge Charger. Only had like 200 miles on it, crazy. 
And I'm like, yo, like they 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 got rid of me. They let me go. And um, I cried for about 30 minutes, and then I wiped them to his way and say, yo, I got a business that we started like six months ago. It's not doing as great. I'm gonna put all my energy in today. I remember that I used to make at least a hundred dollars a day. I told you I want to talk about money, but I gotta <laughs> kind of give you some substance to show you what happened. Um, I used to uh, make a hundred dollars a day delivering pieces on the side, like in tips, and you know they paid me on the table, or whatever. Um, so I said that's enough for me to pay my bills personally while I grow my business, right? So I made the sacrifice not to go get another better job and go into a hotel, and um, I literally uh, drove deliver pieces at night and work that business during the daytime. Now, we struggled for another six months, I admit. But something about that six months worth of consistency, things started to turn around. Then we started to hit twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 a month. And I never made that much money in my life. And uh, two years into that business, I realized that that business didn't serve me. It was just a, a temporary thing, and I wasn't happy. Um, and I looked at my wife and said, yo, I really want to do real estate. And she told me, if real estate is what you want to do, go ahead and do it. So I literally walked away from that entire business, multiple six figures, and jumped straight into real estate. Now, I won't tell anybody else to do that, but we had savings. And I jumped straight into real estate, and I told her, listen, give me one year. If this don't work in one year, I will go back to a job or do, you know, sell my tags, do whatever I got to do to feed my family. But give me one year to make this work. And literally, I just, you know, hopped on a YouTube thing. I was going to local meetups. I did all of that stuff. I call that man fake busy. But then the, the moment I really started to invest in my business, like hire VAs and, and create the systems and processes, that's when my business turned around. All right, let's take a quick break. I hope you're enjoying this awesome episode. If this episode has got you pumped up and you're looking for more ways to learn, network, and take action, make sure you go over to www.militarycashflow.com where we're doing our absolute best to provide our military community with tons of value. Here's just a few things you'll find when you go to militarycashflow.com. You'll find our books. You'll find the Military Cashflow Facebook group, where we have thousands of new and experienced military investors networking and asking and answering questions. You'll find our Military Cashflow Real Estate Investing course that teaches you everything you need to know to buy a cash flowing producing asset. We teach you how to find the deal, how to analyze, how to renovate, how to build your team and maintain that property. You'll find our one-on-one -on -one coaching programs. And when you're ready to start taking action and invest, or you're looking just to PCS, we'll even vet and find an investor and military-friendly realtor in your area at zero cost to you. So make sure you head over to www.militarycashflow.com to get access to all these great tools. And lastly, and I would almost say most importantly, make sure you share this information with another military member that might find it valuable. And with that said, let's get back into this episode. Yeah. All right, so there's, there's, there's a few things. There's one thing I really want to go back and hit, but understanding that consistency is important, guys, and the fact that you, you proved the model by building out a business that you knew was going to make you some cash and then decided to move into real estate. I also think that took a lot of insight and foresight as well, because because you, you had to prove it first before putting all your eggs in one basket. But let's go right. back to this is something that military folks have a big issue with. You said that you were promoted at 21 and you had to figure out how to command respect without being disrespectful to folks. That's your mama's age. You know what I mean? Exactly. Now, in the military, we have officers coming in all the time. 
21 years old or sergeants at 22. And now they got to command, you know, multiple people, whether it's a squad or platoon, whatever the case is. So could you talk about that a little bit? What are some of the lessons you learned and how to, to build that trust and to build that motivation in a group that, you know, almost looks down on you in a sense? Yeah. So uh, some of the lessons I learned was um, you can't be everybody's friend. So I had to make it strictly business, right? So because I'm I'm literally, they made a point to always remind me, hey, I got kids your age. It didn't stop me from doing my job. It didn't stop me from writing them up. It didn't stop me from asking them to do something. It didn't stop me from uh, pushing them, even though I know they're older, because I had to come to a, a realization that they made these decisions, and no disrespect to anybody, um, to live their life at such a normal rate that time will swallow them up and they won't be where they probably would like to be. That's why I had to tell myself. And it's not my fault that I should feel bad um, that that's where they're at in their life. I got to continue to do what I got to do. And literally, uh, as I demanded the respect and as I told them this is what we're doing, I talked to them, I treated them like a manager. They started to obey me. They started to listen to me. They started to respect me because age is just a number. Psychologically, these people are still like 20, 23, 24. Mm-hmm. They haven't really grown up. Some of these people are immature. Some of these people are still cheating on their wives. They still running. Like, I'm not get, trying to get that much details, but what I'm saying is it's a mindset blockage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for us, you know, certain people that may be 21, 22, ever heard somebody say, yeah, this guy, he act like he's 50 years old, even though he's 21. Or you ever hear somebody say this child, he was born before because he seems so mature. So, like, I realized that it's all a mindset. And once you get over that bump, you're good to go. I love that, man. That's important for everybody, all these young young leaders out there that's listening to that. Remember, just follow the SOP. That's all he did. Write them up when they need to be written up. You know what I'm saying? Follow the rule book. Just, just talk to them like humans. But just yeah. be firm. Just saying, hey, and this is, control, is and control your one more thing. I'm gonna say control your ego and yes. understand that your power is very powerful. Don't abuse it. So I, I stuck to that, and you know, people they started like me and respect me. And I always kept the business no matter what. One other thing I like to ask about is there's another common thing that you you keep saying, um, and, and it's kind of like a little overlooked, but I'm sure it's it's a huge thing. But your support system. Um, every transition that you went through, whether it went from, you know, start at the hotel, getting let go from the hotel and then saying, hey, I want to start the the, the DMV uh, style business. And then from there, hey, I need another year to go into uh, go into real estate. You, you know, you had a support system in your wife. Right. Uh, yes. so I want to talk about family just a little bit, because th- I mean, we all have a lot of us, at least a lot of our listeners, young members, and they have families and they're starting off and they're afraid to take that risk because, Hey, you know, I, I got to support the family. What do you say to them? And how did you, how were you able to navigate that and get through that? So, so for me, everything is always aligned to the end goal, which is family, right? Yeah. I'm not going to try to sound too cliche, but you know, when we created the tag business, the purpose of that to be able to provide for our family, no matter what, you know, a job, a job, you know, when I signed my union contract, it said that I was an at-risk employee. I'm not sure if you know what that means. At risk or at will employees is basically saying you can be fired or terminated for any reason at any given time, and there's no uh, two week knows nothing. They can just let you go. So, and that was always in the back of my head. I was always like, "Yo, that urgency." So, you know, when I got with my when I got with my wife, I we we created some type of uh, understanding. What do you want to accomplish in your life? What I want to accomplish in my life? And no matter what, we're never going to compromise our goals, personal goals, and dreams for each other. Right. And you have to have that alignment. I think a lot of people, they don't have that tough conversation at first. And they assume 
that the person's supposed to read their mind. And so if I'm telling my wife, like, this is what I want, this is what I'm manifesting, this is what I want to do, then she's going to understand that this is important to me, right? Maybe the timing is off. Maybe she might say, yo, the timing's kind of bad. Let's kind of wait. But she understands the, the, the objective, just like I understand the objective for her. Yo, that's so important, dude. Like that the role that you're, the significant other that you choose plays on your success in life, right? The mindset's got to be aligned, right? And, and the goals of, they don't necessarily have to be aligned, but that understanding has to be there. So I yeah. love that you touched uh, specifically on that. And uh, I'm assuming, you know, having that family help, you know, be able to fall back on with that support system and then also create oh, yeah, that yeah. sense of urgency. Hey, I, I can't, I, yo, I can't fail, man. I got people depending on me, right? So. Exactly. And I, so I get a little small side story. So um, at my office, there's some young guys that work in there that do real estate. And I walk past him. He's sitting at the table saying, hey, what's up? What's wrong? Are you good? No, nah, I'm not good. My, my girl mad at me. You know, can you give me some advice? Because they know I'm married for uh, 11 years. I said, sure. Um, what's the issue? Well, we're going to Columbia next week, and she's mad about that. I said, okay, great. Let me ask you. Did you ask her, can you go to Columbia, or did you tell her you was going to Columbia? So, no, I told her. I said, that's your issue. Even though she's your girlfriend, you always got to make people feel involved in the decision-making. And the minute that you start to overlook that stuff, that's when things get bad. So one of the things I always tell people, if you're in the military, man, always be intentional in the decision making you make because everything you do impact everybody around you. You guys are a unit. Even at home, you're still a unit, your team. So, you know, if, if that's made you sacrificing, most of the mergers is made up of me sacrificing uh, things that I want so she can be happy. And she sacrifices things that she wants so I can be happy. And that's all marriage is. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a seesaw. It's a sacrifice. And once you get that concept down pack, I'm telling you, you can go anywhere in your life and be successful. Yo, before you get married, yo, rewind that piece yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and listen to that again. That was amazing. I love that you touched yeah. on that. Excellent. Excellent. That's a big, that's a big, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a single guy. I'm in a committed relationship, but, uh, you know, I'm not married, haven't been married. And one of the issues with military folks, especially single guys out there is we always, uh, the ego gets in the way, just like you talked oh. about on the leadership ego gets in the way. And a lot of times you got to be humble and it's not about, it's not about being weak. It's not, if anything, it makes you stronger. You're more mature of a man to be able to say, Hey, I, I, I know, where my uh my morals align i know that i can sacrifice some things to make you happy and to build something with you and i think you know for all the men out there with the big egos especially all military folks i'm talking to y'all listening sit down and have that conversation with yourself man because if you want to grow in life you you're going to need to do it with people right they say if you want to go fast go alone you want to go far you got to have a group uh so i love that Uh, rewind that so let's talk about let's talk about your first deal, man. I mean, it's a it's a slight transition into real estate. We've been talking about that that move. Now you start this real estate company and you have this year to prove to your wife that you can do it. What did it look like coming out the gate? So so my first technically deal was uh, he just called my phone. I had to send him a voicemail. He's still my friend to this day. <laughs> I don't have many friends. I had maybe I can count my hands how many people I actually call friends. Right, there's a difference between friends and good business associates. Yep. Um, he came to me as I was running my tag and was like, yo, I got this deal. And he knew I was always wanting to do real estate. I got this deal. We got this house. She, everything's good to go. The only issue is um, she needs some money to move. I said, okay, what you telling me for? Well, if you help me with this, I, I let you be a part of the deal. I said, okay, great. How much do you need? 2500 I said, oh, that's nothing. Told my wife about it. She was living like, oh, we're giving this lady 2500 How do you know she's not going to move out? Blah, blah. You know, I, the wife is always in your best interest. To you, that may sound bickering and all that, 
But that's your insurance policy kicking in and, and, and underwriting everything you're doing in your life, your mistakes, right? Mm. And that's what you got to have. And she's like, I don't know about this. And then I let Corey explain to her. That's my friend's name, my best friend. He said, and then she got happy, like, okay, we're going to do it. So went to the uh, Navy Federal, got this $2,500 cash here check. Um, we did the deal. Long story short, ended up making like six k off the $2,500 investment. And I got hooked. I'm like, yo, this is easy money. All I have to do is like, just do my part and I make a big check. Okay, great. So uh, my actual first formal deal was a fix and flip in Washington, D.C. Um, I was hanging at the meetups, the rears and all that, spending all this money trying to learn education. Now, I'm not against that, but just have a strategy when you're starting to spend money. Don't emotionally spend money because you're thinking that spending money is going to summon my success. That's not true. Right, I know people that spend tens of thousands of dollars in their real estate business and haven't done a deal. So, nope. so one of the things I did was say I'm going to create a purpose, and I and I start calling title companies. And I say, yo, and I'm just talking to talk. Hey, listen, I know there's a bunch of people letting you guys down. A lot of these wholesalers can't get to cross the finish line. If you come across anything that you need close, I'm your guy. Give me an opportunity if if it makes sense. I reach out to the sellers. I get it close and make you like the hero. Two days later, the title company called me. Hey, Mr. Campbell, we, we we got your voicemail. I got a great deal for you. Man, they were sending me leads. I went uptown, met this lady, Miss Angelica. Uh, it, she had no emotional attachment to the house. I didn't I didn't know that part. And um, it was left to her son. So, like, the ex-husband, mother died and left it to the, her son. Uh, he was the only child. The house was worth uh, maybe three fifty dollars as is. No, about 400000 as is. Fixed up it was worth uh, maybe five fifty six hundred thousand at the time, and um, so I told her, yeah, I can get this house, and mind you, all this is I'm still learning. So I went to a hard money. I met a hard money lender at the meetup. The only thing I got from the meetup was that damn hard money lender. All the money I spent, I told him, yo, I got this house. He said, great. He sent me over term sheet. They do the deal, but I had to bring sixty seven thousand to the table at the time. I had money, but not like that. You know what I mean? Uh, so I went to the seller because I knew that she had a bad deal before and I didn't want to let her down and I told her like listen you're about to get 337,000 cash back right I need I need 67,000 as a loan for about 12 months and I'll pay you back every single penny and interest right you're going to earn money on the money that ain't even yours technically and uh, this is the only way this deal going to close so she gave me the money I told I didn't tell her how money what my what I did the day of closing they called cussed me out <laughs> I know you didn't tell us you didn't have all the money, this and that, this. And I said, listen, you get, you, and I learned this from working in a hotel, just being straight to the point of people. Listen, I understand. I, 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 maybe I didn't tell you. I wasn't being unethical. I didn't know, honestly. I just needed to come up with some money, and she was willing to give me some money. Now, listen, you're getting commission from this deal. Uh, the company is going to have a great asset in their portfolio. This is one of the second deals you guys did in the D.C. area. You guys are primarily Baltimore. You told me you wanted to break into the D.C. market. This will be great for your investors. Everybody happy. Let me do the deal. So long story short, they told they told me that uh, um, they're going to put some of the money in escrow. So they had to end up putting like $30,000 in escrow. Um, and I, I put the difference. So they wanted me to put up twenty. I put up the twenty, And then next thing you know, it was 30000 escrow. I did the deal, ended up making 45000 Now, I, I'm going to tell you, that was like a high-level mastermind because I made every mistake known to me. Um, and what I mean by that is I trust people. I got burned by multiple contractors, um, sloppy work, had to redo half the house over again. Um, but we ended up selling and still making 45 k to the grace of God. So 
I, I won't tell anybody to do that on their first deal, but uh, I learned a whole lot on that for my first deal. No, that's excellent, man. You, you just went, it sounds like you kind of went through the ringer with that one, but the, the key piece is that, you know, you took that experience and you, you used it, you know, for, for future, you know, that, that knowledge, basically failures failed forward, they call it failing forward. Right. So, um, but you're able to close it out and get it done, man. That's, uh, that's the key thing just that the consistency and keep, keep going. I, I want to give people some actionable steps though. Right. So we talked about um, your first deal doing the doing the I guess just partnering with a friend. And then now you're talking about actually flipping. Uh, but you're the, the meat of um, it seems like your business is one, the virtual uh, the virtual assistance and two the actual virtually wholesaling. Right. Because right. I, I want to talk about that a little bit. Right. Uh, some actionable steps for people just now jumping in and like uh, actually getting into this. How, how what do you say to them? So if you're jumping into this, especially if you're military personnel, go virtual. Don't lie to yourself and say, I'm going to have time to set up these seller houses at that table and build a pool. You don't have the time. So go virtual. That way, if you get stationed or sent somewhere, your business doesn't stop, right? So uh, understand the virtual model. Find somebody to study. It don't have to be me. It could be anybody that you trust. Match yourself with a person's personality and, and pay for the information, right? Once you do that, pick pick maybe two to three different virtual markets. The easiest way to do it, I'm going to give you some good souls, is that uh, find a big main market and then go 30 minutes away. So any like let's look at Charlotte, right? Go Google Charlotte. Once you Google Charlotte, you want to look for sub-cities 30 minutes driving distance within Charlotte with populations between 25,000 and 75,000. Then you want to pull a list. The easiest list you can pull, especially if you're brand new and you don't want to really get into seller psychology, is a tired landlord. Why? Because they're already in real estate, they know the game, and it's strictly a transaction to them. There's no emotional attachment most of the time for them. Pull your tired landlord list and start hitting up every landlord that you know that have a vacant property, that have a long-term property, or in prop stream, you can stack properties that, uh, let's say, for example, you want to pull a tired landlord list, and they have two or more mortgages on their property and it's vacant. Guess what? Landlord's not in the business to be paying mortgages. They're in the business to be getting cash flow checks. So that right there is 80% of the work. You got your motivated landlords. You got people interested in selling. Now you just need to find who's going to do the work for you. Be real with yourself. A lot of people in start real estate have not been realistic. If you know that you got work from nine to five, you still, you're married, you have children. There's no way in hell you can tell me you're going to be consistent enough when you get home, you're going to put your family in the background just to focus on real estate from 6 to 9 o'clock. That's not going to work. Maybe two days after we can get away with it, but pretty soon you're going to put issues on your merge. So you need to come up with a plan for who's going to do your cold call and who's going to do your texting, and then you need to set up times and days and set the expectations to your wife that, okay, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays from 6 to 8, I'm going to do my acquisition calls. That's where the compromise come in, guys. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm going to spend Saturday with you. I'm going to spend Sunday with the kids. And Friday is just a random take care of whatever I got to take care of day. That's the only way this business is going to work. And I don't think nobody giving this advice out to that granular military personnel or people that have a revolving career where you don't know where you're going to be next week. Yo, you just, it's crazy. It. You just, you just gave out the goods in like 30 seconds. I was like, <laughs> yeah, everything, oh, man. Yeah. And so for, if, for those who didn't hear it, he literally gave you the playbook, like no bullshit down to the penny. That's exactly what you need to do. Rewind it. Everything from how to find the market and then how to use prop stream. He told you what to look for. 
but I, I really want to hit on the point where you talked about uh, so many people into this, this, this industry with this mindset, like, oh, I'm going to do it all myself. Matter of fact, I'm going to go work and then I'm going to get back and I'm going to do all the cold calls and then I'm going to go evaluate the property. And then I'm going to go, as soon as you get a list that has a thousand people on it, 500, shit, a hundred people on it, how the hell are you going to contact them all? How are you going to contact them all before Antoine and his team get to him before you do? Because he's exactly. doing it virtually. <laughs> exactly. So you have to think about these systems, man. Yo, that, that was amazing. Now, a lot of this, uh, you know, I'm asking selfishly. And for the audience out there, you guys know that I just started wholesaling. I've been doing buy and hold investing for a while, right? And, and I just started wholesaling. And that's really, that's one of the reasons why I definitely wanted to have you on here because I use your service, right? I one of one of my cold callers right now, and her name is Anna. I got her from B1, right? So uh, appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. Hey, man. That's what I love it. So um, I use your service and she's making calls. She's been giving me some hot leads. There's no way, you know, she's going through, I think, about 300 or 400 calls of you know, uh, a day, just her alone, right. Um, that she's actually connecting with. Right. So, uh, this stuff definitely works and it, and it helps when you can use a system and then you can, you, you can leverage people's time. Right. Yeah. Um, so because so, the VA is the VA, let me explain that to people real quick. The VA is a currency loophole where you're hedging the value of the dollar against the Filipino peso to get a, an awesome employee. You know, where in the world can you pay somebody for an hour to do everything you shouldn't be doing? You know, so yeah. if you can't justify four dollars an hour, you shouldn't even be doing this. Go find something else to do. No disrespect to nobody. You know, a hundred dollars a week. You can sacrifice a hundred dollars a week by not eating Chick Fil A every day. Yep. You can sacrifice a hundred dollars a week by just eating noodles for a couple of months. If that was what it takes in business, and this is what I think a lot of people understand: you're a business owner. You're not just making some extra side hustle money. You're a legitimate business owner. In business, the owner gets paid last. So you got to be prepared to invest in your business and spend money and know that this is an investment and that sometimes investments comes with risk. And once you make that risk to say, yo, is it worth paying somebody $4 an hour to make 100 calls an hour for me? Ask yourself that question. You know, that's the difference, though, between somebody who's going to play in this game, like just play around, and somebody who's going to be successful. Because you, you said it, you hit the nail on the head. Business owners get paid last, right? People who are out there just doing it all themselves and they just want an additional hobby – Cool, that's on you, right? But if you run a scale, you got to do exactly what Anton's talking about. Now, I got a question for you because this, I'm sure, comes up often. You probably heard this before. Somebody says that's just wrong to hire a VA. Why would we pay somebody only $4 an hour? But you hit it on, uh, you know, you touched on it a little bit about the uh, the currency exchange. Can you talk about that a little bit? So, so let me tell you something. I, I leave everything with systems, facts, numbers. I love that. I'm just like a... Uh, unannounced geek, if that makes any sense. In the Philippines, their rent, the average rent in the Philippines is 125 USD dollars. Now let's 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 look at a military personnel. I'm not trying to bash them, but I'm just trying to show you the, the realistic of how we are messed up in this country financially. We don't even know it. The average rent is 125 US dollars. If I pay a VA four dollars an hour, 40 hours a week, that's 160 dollars. Do the math. The first paycheck, they clear their rent. If I'm paying them by the week. And here in America, most people, their their average rent is maybe fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars. And you know, on the East Coast, the West Coast is probably a whole lot higher. If for a great apartment, I'm not talking about a shack. I'm talking about I'm basing it on a great livable apartment that you will move your children and your wife into. Mm -hmm. The average paycheck is less than five, six hundred dollars a week here in America. So when you do the math, it's going to take you almost two to three checks just to get your rent paid. These people doing it in one check, and they're doing it with less. 
So I'm telling you, the hedge and the value of the dollar and inflation, this country is printing money. So, you know, eventually this model might not work if they continue to print money because our dollar ain't going to be worth anything. But until then, we're going to run it up. So the whole point is they're, they're financially in a better situation than most people here in this country is. That's all I'm trying to say. Absolutely. And I love it. And that's exactly what I, uh, the point I was hoping you were going to hit because you're right. We're actually providing them above average wages for, for what they can expect. They could work locally in their own country, wherever, but hell, they can work for us virtually and live exactly. just as good, if not better. So exactly. now for all those people who are concerned, why would I pay somebody $4? You're now improving the quality of life of an entire family over there and you're getting your business to be to, to scale. So exactly. virtual assistance is something that everybody should be considering at some point, you know, in their or in their business building. For sure. And that's one thing I definitely noticed too. I mean, both of my assistants, so I've hired one, I'm, I'm going through the inter pro interview process with the second, right? And both of them have degrees. Both of them they have, do. you know, marketing mm -hmm. degrees, you know, they're, they're very they well do. educated, very well spoken. Uh, they're extremely knowledgeable on what they're doing, right? So um, just, just think about that. <laughs> just so, so I'll give you an example. This is a great part. It's probably one of the best parties I've done in a long time. I, you know, usually I can take it 30 minutes, but I'm going to take it as long as I can. Um, my children has been homeschooled for the last three years. Um, last year, we decided to hire a VA um, to do the teaching. Now, it's funny, this VA was here in America, but due to COVID, they, America decided not to extend her, her visa or her little passport thing, whatever it is. So she had to go back to the Philippines. So she went back to the Philippines, took less money. She made $6 an hour with me. I just gave her a promotional raise, a dollar. She was making five. She made $6 an hour, and she told me, Mr. Campbell, I was able to buy two houses with that Damn. $6 an hour. So now she got one house she lives in, the other house she rent, plus I pay her $6 an hour. She's happy. She teaches my children. She has a master's degree in, in education. Yeah. Um, she's very educated. She's very smart. And I decided that I don't want my children involved in it. In the education scene. Now, what I'm why I'm telling you this because there's a lot of traveling families out there that's in the military that don't know where they where their children stand in education. The quality of education is dipped in this country. And you can use the VA. I'm just opening people's eyes. You can use the VA, it's not just for cold call. It's a bunch of things. The next time you call a, your uh, a service provider, uh Papa John's or Sprint or T Mobile, listen to that person covering the other and find I guarantee they're from the Philippines. Yep. Everybody's been using VA bus. And once yep. I figured that out that this been a play for the last 30 years, 20 years, I said, I'm going to continue to use VA. My entire business is compromised with nothing but VA. You work with us, uh, you've seen the onboarding process, you've seen that it's a great way to run your business. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to talk with you offline because especially that piece right there, we've been, we, you know, this is, uh, I guess, a small sidebar, but, you know, we have, a, because of the education system in Georgia, it's not very good, especially where I'm at right now. Uh, we've been hiring tutors literally just to just to make sure that our kids stay uh, at or above what I think is a national level, not Georgia's level, but like right. I think it's a national level. Right. So and, and that costs money, man. That's It's pretty, pretty damn expensive. Right. So that's definitely something I'm going to have to look into now. That's, that's I didn't even consider that at all. Didn't consider I, love it. I will never switch it. My children love it. They love their teacher. She's been with us. She's been with us over a year, a year some months now. Uh, they go to school, even though like the summer months they went to school because it's only two hours a day. It's compressed mm -hmm. education. When you look at by the time you switch classes and you do your warm up and all that, you only have 15 minutes to learn each class period. So when I realized that, yo, they can just get in here, get a dedicated teacher, get their questions answered. There's no way hell you can tell me that children that's in virtual school um, publicly is learning anything when it's 35 other kids in Zoom interrupting every three seconds. There's no way you can yep. tell me. 
My God. Yep. I agree because they got the iPad over here. They got whatever. You know, there's really? no way that they're learning. And now you, you really hit, good. You hit on something that was uh, I thought is key, and especially when you start to study business. Because everything is in levels, right? People that are listening may just be getting started or maybe, hey, I'm actually trying to build in the systems to, to grow the enterprise. But you said everybody uses virtual assistants. Everybody. Every, think, big everybody. every big oh. corporation got, and let me tell you how they're doing. They might not directly have them working for them. They may pay a consultant company and that consultant company may pay an agency like my company. But I guarantee you they, they got virtual assistants because it makes sense. Yep, it does. And why, then, so why that's why. Pay, why would you pay a call center rep here $18 an hour to do something that somebody in the Philippines do for $3 an hour and be happy? Exactly. Exactly. We always, you know, when everybody, we pick up a, a customer service and they sound like they're from the Middle East, the Philippines, a, a Latin American country. That's exactly what Antoine is talking about. So let me ask you this, just because you said that a VA can do many different things. Just briefly run through a couple things outside of cold calling. Let's just talk about day to day life that they might be able to come to your company and, and hire a VA for. Man, you can have VAs for developers, uh, software design. Uh, we have a, a, I have a VA that does all my coding for my websites and businesses. Um, you can, one of my VAs is my COO. Uh, I had a VA to do my accounting, they help me with my books and stuff. Um, anything, as long as it, it, the position requires a telephone or it requires a telephone or a working computer, you can outsource it. Like, I love that. Anything. That's I love nice. that. So everybody needs to have their creative juices flowing because I, I that right there, a phone or a computer being required, that's it. You can do a virtual. Yep. I love that, man. That's excellent, dude. Hey, so um, I'm not going to take up too, too much of your time. Just kind of kind of kind of wrap up here just a little bit. Right. Keep so fine, take your time. All right. Well, then I'm going to ask another question then. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so we talked about the systems. We talked about, uh, you, you pretty much gave the quick blueprint of, of um, how to wholesale or, or how to do some of these things virtually, especially as a military member, right? What, um, what are some of the other, I guess, key systems that you're implementing into your wholesale business, right? That's, that's kind of uh, making, it, making it work. I guess, I guess a better question is, um, the, you, got, you, you got your lead generation, you got your acquisition, you got your disposition, right? How is that set up for you? So my lead generation, uh, we have uh, cold callers and SMS managers that do all my cold calling and texting. That's our cold lead generation side of the business. Then we have the acquisition side, which I participate in. We have VAs that do acquisition for me too as well. And um, we only talk to people that's interested in even hearing an offer or that's interested in selling in the next 60 days. Um, we build what we call a pipeline. I think that what a lot of people do is they get a lead, they call them, no, I'm not interested, oh, that the price is too low, and they forget about them. Now, any person that runs a legitimate business understands that 80% of the people that do business with you is going to do business with you on the sixth or the seventh or the eighth follow-up call or touch. So you got to understand that consistency is your key tool in your business. And the only way to do that is to have a software that, that reminds you, hey, call this person back, or it automatically texts them back, or email them, or something like that. There's no way hell you can tell me you're going to remember three, four hundred leads, um, to nice. call them back, to keep up rapport, and all that stuff. So you have to build what I call a dam, like a pipeline. You know what the purpose of a dam is? Is to conserve water and consistently let it drip. So that's the same thing with your leads. You want to build as much leads as you can and to consistently let them fall over into signed contracts. So if I got actively a thousand people into my podio that expressed interest in selling at some point, well, guess what? I know at some point, even if a person say, no, I'm not interested right now, 
everybody's one car accident, one medical issue away from having to sell their house, you know? And how I know this, because I know that where we have financial as a country, you know, they say nearly 60% of Americans don't even have $500 saved in their savings account. So if I know that, and I know that everybody's living paycheck to paycheck, the minute that you get into a bad accident or God forbid you're diagnosed with cancer, your ability to be a motivated seller changes overnight. And the only way to know that is consistency. So if I'm consistently following up, most of my deals, and this is the ultimate secret sauce, there's nothing special about it. Most of my deals came from being at the right place at the right time. When the big investors say, yo, how you get that deal? Oh, we just kept calling them. Oh, we called him and, you know, he found his wife cheating on him. He just wanted to sell everything. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of situations like that. And it's all about being the right place at the right time, listening and understanding how to position an offer to solve their problems. Once you figure it out, you can print money. I love, I love that, man. You're exactly right. It's, you know, we try to coach some of our junior agents and, and some junior investors or whatever the case is. It's about that consistency because right place, right time accounts for everything in life guys every opportunity that you'll ever run across because he was in the right place at the right time it's where you know luck is what where preparation meets opportunity right exactly. you prepare yourself and you study and you bust your ass and you know what's going on and then all of a sudden hey i just i'm just happy to be there when she's ready to cry you know i got it i got i got the deal so that is extremely important and he touched on something else studying business is is studying marketing is studying efficiency is studying sales the, the point where Antoine talked about eight touches, that's something that we all know about if, you, if you're studying sales. And what does he mean? Eight touches, eight attempts, eight, a phone call, a text, an email, that's all a touch. It's going to take on average about eight of those bad boys before somebody says, all right, I trust you enough to, to talk to you and start doing business. And you can't do that without having those CRMs and those systems. Exactly. Um, I love it, man. I love it. All right, so so many people have there are different layers in their journey and you drop so many bombs. I really don't even know where to kind of target this question, but if you generally had one piece of advice for somebody, man, this is going, I would say for somebody starting their journey for their, maybe they're, uh, they're already working a job and they're contemplating building this side hustle. What would your piece of advice be to them? So, so, you know, I'm going to business owner first. I don't get Googly out in real estate. I don't get Googly out anything. Right. I go, my, my job is to create businesses that can, you know, the quicker I can minimize my day to day involvement, the happier I am. So I can go to the next project. I'm a project driven guy. So one of the things that I'm telling people now is some of you guys might not be in a situation for real estate. This shit costs money. I, I don't understand how people tell you, oh, you can do it on normal. It takes money. Pop stream ain't free. Skip tracing ain't free. Your time, you have to pay yourself. So you need to set yourself a little budget to get yourself to incentivize yourself to do this work or pay a VA or somebody that stuff costs. So when I'm telling people, if you, if you're straight from the mud, you don't have it, come up with a plan. Maybe you drive Lyft for Uber or Instacart, take that money and pay for your VA. And then, and then you're investing in your VA and that's an investment. Then when you get that 10, 15,000 back, you don't spend it because that's the money that you owe yourself. You put that back and then you invest again. Another thing that I tell people is that maybe it's not the right time to do wholesaling or real estate. You can become a digital landlord. And what I mean by this is a concept I just created. With digital landlord is taking a, a talent or a skill that you may have. There's a bunch of military personnel. If I was a, a, a shop shooter, if I was a, a gun specialist or a mechanic in the military, I would take them skills and record a course. Take my phone, record a course, put it on Teachable, 
uh, pay somebody to run some ads and sell that information and literally print the money I need to create another business such as real estate wholesaling. We all have um, talents and skills that we can monetize. And why you become a digital landlord? Because you don't have to own uh, rental properties to cash flow. You can own intellectual properties to cash flow. You can own uh, all this type of stuff online. There's no better time to make money online than now. There's millions of ways to make money online. And if you're broke, you're broke for a reason because you haven't taken the time to recalibrate the way you think about money. I love that fucking answer, man. I've, we've never heard that broken down to where, hey, look, it ain't free. Go out there and work for some money and then reinvest it. I mean, yeah, it's a simple concept, but again, just getting it put to your face, hearing it at the right time, the right place, uh, that's, that's extremely powerful. And I think that will resonate with a lot more of our audience for real. I, I absolutely love the way that you phrase that because we pushed that. We, we, we've uh, said that several times on throughout, you know, the hundred and some episodes of, of our podcast, right? Hey, you have a skill. Every single person has a, a special skill that they have to figure out how to tap into and then two, how to monetize, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that, that's just beautifully, beautifully said the way you did that, the way you, you know, explain that there. Um, all you have to do is figure out how to monetize it and you can use, you can do, you can leverage other people's time, right. To help you monetize that, uh, that skill that you have. That's absolutely amazing. Yeah, because even your, your art is mostly military, right? Yeah. The military spent hundreds of millions of dollars in training and, and tactical defense and all this stuff for you guys. Why not take that information that they paid all this money for? Use it. If I know how to disassemble guns, you know how many YouTube channels out here that people's trying to learn how to, you know, reassemble guns and fix the cores and guns and all that. If I know how to do that, record some videos, create a three-part training tool, put it on click phones, put it on wherever for ninety-nine dollars, and then maybe they like that, they then upsell them to a, a one-day uh, event where they fly into your town and you show them how to do it for a thousand dollars. You take that money and that's your seed money to invest in whatever you want to do. So now when you're investing in your wholesaling business, you're playing with house money because you really technically haven't put money on a credit card. Uh -huh. thing. You took, Yeah. So I'm telling people, everyone should have some type of digital assets and that's your, your knowledge or something or whatever the case may be. You should be monetizing it. That's the most truly form of passive income. That's one of the most truly yes. forms of passive income. Once you make that that material, just Mass, like our man. course, we made the yes. material, and people, you know, people pick that 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 material up, and you can, you know, keep going with. It. That's excellent, excellent, excellent. We've woken up at I've woken up plenty of times at like one o'clock in the morning to a message: someone just purchased your course. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and let me tell you, and let me tell you, I want to get this out of it because I never probably talk about it. There's gonna be people out here that's gonna discourage you from buying information, right? There's going to be people out here that's going to say uh, uh, people sell courses are bad people. Let me tell you something. Information is always worth the money. If you're willing to go to the military, no disrespect, and, and, and mostly why you going to the military, everybody that I knew that went to the military went to the military because they gave them free housing and free college, right? Yep. So if, yep. You, if, you, if you're willing to sacrifice your life, for information or go to college and get in debt for 150,000, 200,000 for information that they're teaching that's, that was created in the 80s that's probably outdated, irrelevant. Why not go pay somebody for information that's that's 2021 souls that's proven is working right now in today's market and literally in three hours you can leave out that information video and go out here in the street and, and recoup your money just as quickly as you yep. paid for the money. I'm, I'm going to piggyback on that one right there, because here's the thing. Just like you said, you can go out and buy paper information for somebody who's doing it. Let's say it's $500. I don't care. Say it's $1,000. That's cool. 
But like you said, oh, no, I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to go pay $150,000 for this four-year degree that don't meet, don't, don't guarantee a job, that isn't going to nope. teach me how to run a business, nope. anything. You, gotta, nope. you guys got to look at who, who is giving you advice and see, hey, are they even in a position where I really want to listen to what the hell they're saying? Right. You know, I are they- are, about this. How can a college professor teach you business finance? Teach you they, how to run a business? Never, yeah, never they, ran they don't even own a life. business. Yeah. Never, even, never even had one, never even tried. <laughs> so, so, so when I go and pay somebody a thousand dollars to teach me, you know, um, you know, how to, you know, save something on my taxes, it's an investment in myself. And I think that the reason why people don't want to make investments in themselves because they truly not sold on themselves that they can do it. Man. They know that yo, everything in my life I bullshit. I bought this course, I bought this, I bought that. This is another way to satisfy me being lazy because some people take in, they do take in by courses and then say, yo, I bought it. Now where's the success? And it don't work that way. Man, I think that that right there, that's deep. And that's something I don't want everybody to rewind and listen to again, because a a lot of, a lot of success is driven by how you feel about yourself personally, about your mindset, about what you deserve in life. And everybody that's listening to this podcast, everyone deserves an opportunity. You have to give yourself that opportunity and that fighting chance. Um, man, Antoine, this has been great, man. I, I, I love everything that you uh, shared with us and the time you spent. Now, I know everybody listening wants to reach out to you for your courses. They want to reach out to you for your VAs. They want to reach out to you to see what you're doing. What's the best way that people can, can find more information about you? We live in a, uh, a right now moment. So text me, 202-335-3322. Whatever you need, whatever you heard today, just text that to me. I got a team on standby. They'll respond to you. Sometimes I may respond to you. And we'll take care of you as much as possible. If you need a VA, if you want to learn virtual wholesaling, if you want to learn how to take your business to the next level, maybe you listen to that you got another business you're struggling with. I do a lot of consulting for different businesses because I'm a systems guy. Reach out to us and maybe we can find a solution for you to help you get to the next level. Excellent, man. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Hey, thanks so much for coming on the show. Um, you, you just you just spit, you know, diamonds, dude. Diamonds and gold the entire time. And I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, yeah, thank, just thanks so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. I appreciate you guys for having me. Thank you. Hey, uh, with that said, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to, to hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Um, if you're on our face or if you're on, uh, if you're listening to this on podcast, make sure you leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate those. Leave a comment below, man. We, we appreciate that stuff too. Um, if you don't know, um, come and join our Facebook group. We have uh, about almost 3000 service members on there right now. Um, we're continually growing. We're in there every day, helping each other uh, build wealth and create cash flow together. So make sure you do that. Um, and with that said, this is Dan Wynn. And Mike Glassby. Signing off.